Oh, God, what happened? <laughs> August 13th. I don't know if anyone can see this. They're like, we want the ride around. Give us the ride around. Now my house is going to get robbed either way. Well, you got five dogs in there. Well, at least you shut the dogs up. You're like, never warn me. <laughs> Welcome to the Ride Around Podcast. A chance to step away from our own notebooks and into another's. My name is Steve, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Cade and Julie. Cade, what are we talking about today? Well, Steve, I feel like every time I introduce an episode, I've been listening to some of them, and I almost say the same thing. We got a bit of a weird one today. But today, we actually do not have a weird one for you. We have exactly what you're here for. The name of the podcast is The Right Around Podcast. And for those of you who don't know, a right around is essentially a collaborative writing project. Does that sound like how you would describe it? Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing just that. We are doing a write around. And I've prepared a short little introduction to a story that kind of heads in a direction and then really is going to let uh, Steve and Julie and then also myself over the next couple episodes here kind of take that in a direction we want to go with it. So today we're going to read that introduction. And I think we're going to probably get into. We'll see how long it goes, but one of our other pieces and fit as much as we can basically into it. You know, it was a very cool exercise, so it's going to be very cool sharing that process with the audience. So yeah, okay, kick it off. And just real quick, prior to that start there, I mean, this is pretty unedited. I mean, these are ideas that are going on to paper, so we wanted to kind of highlight that process, that really the raw stages of it. And for the first time, I guess we're going to get all of our pieces kind of shown on this podcast yeah it'll be nice all right well to begin candlelit nights an introduction by Cade belknap king i wish that i had given a second thought on heading to this remote massage parlor the moment i looked out the car window and stated this seems weird my friend said it was easy to find just a little outside of town look for the hidden road entrance and i would be on that until i arrive there was no problem finding the crudely paved road, but why was it taking so long now that I was there? I had been driving for nearly an hour, something I'm sure I would have heard of beforehand, but now I was committed. The full oaks that painted a scenic drive through nature quickly evolved into monstrous pines that, with old decaying branches. So, for over an hour, I watched what seemed to be the same trees pass me by time and time again, but after an hour and 17 minutes, I arrived. The paved road ended and my car bumped over a hard dirt lot. I was in a clearing. The sky above was dark and overcast. A cold breeze rustled the pines nearby, but the parlor was stunning. Bright, warm lights shined through each of the windows on this first and second floor. It looked like a comfortable lakeside cottage. A large front patio, a great wooden doorway, and a beautiful landscaping completed with multiple Japanese cherry blossoms along the front of the house in full bloom. Was it even in season? All welcomed me at my arrival. Writing this now, I feel it is vital for me to tell you just how peaceful and relaxing this place looked from the outside. It feels critically important for me that you understand this detail. So as we progress, and you ask yourself, why does he not just leave? Or if it felt so uncomfortable, then why did you stay? Why didn't you just turn around on that road? Because I was desperate for some relief from the twisted knot on my back that would just not give me any solitude or release. Entering the massage parlor felt just as comfortable as it did from the outside. 
Somewhere hidden must have been a speaker which was playing a soft, melodic humming sound. Lush green plants were potted all around the room. A steady stream of water trickled from one of the walls, dripping into a reservoir of water below. The reservoir flowed into a larger pond inside the lobby where koi fish swam. Sitting down across the lobby was a woman. She was reading a book which she sat down out of sight before I had the chance to see what it may have been. She looked up and smiled at me. It was a kind, hospitable smile. I found it to further disarm me of any discontent I have accumulated on my trip here, and already it seemed to loosen the tension I felt in my muscles if I remember correctly. The woman carried herself in a mature manner, but her features had a softness to them and the resemblance of youth. She met me at the counter in the center of the room and waited for me to speak first. I told her I was here for a massage. I explained that I had tried to call to make an appointment, but was unable to reach anyone, and my friend said that they accept walk-ins. My statements were met with quiet, and she continued to smile as if she was looking for more information. The pause in conversation went on long enough that I provided more. I told her that I came a long way and would really appreciate it if she could squeeze me in for an hour. I'd be willing to wait. Finally, she said that it would be no problem. They had an opening now. I was the only car in the lot. This interaction confused me, but I still felt overall relaxed. Something about the atmosphere and the woman's presence just put me at ease. The only element of discomfort I felt in this room was a distinct coldness. A sharp distinction from the warm, albeit shady, day outside. She led me up a stairwell and down a hallway, which was now dimly lit and jarringly cold. I rubbed my arms with my hand to give, give it some friction and some warmth. The woman wore a tight black short-sleeved shirt and shorts, but showed no signs of being cold. At the end of the hallway, she opened a door to what would be the room where I would receive my massage. A plush massage table was in the center of the room. The headpiece was positioned opposite the door. Folded on the table was a thick silk comforter. A dresser and unit against one wall had multiple oils set on top, but it was too dark in the room for me to make out what they were. Each of the other walls had multiple empty shelves and cuppies. I could hear the running water, which I saw in the downstairs lobby. The melodic hum was still playing in the room at a consistent, faint sound level. The only source of light in the room, which was even darker than the hall that I had come from, was a candle that was already lit when we entered the room that sat opposite the dresser table. She asked me to disrobe and lay beneath the comforter with my head face down. She said that this massage may be different from others I have received in the past, but reassured me that the customers always found her method satisfactory. It was important that I be completely nude for the massage, and that I do my best to keep my head face down on the pillow. She was going to leave the room for a moment while I got ready. She also asked that I pick one of the oils and set it in the center of the dresser before getting comfortable. The door was closed behind her, and I find myself struggling to describe just how dark it became. I became acutely aware that there were no windows in this room. There was not even light seeping in from the doorway. The only source of light now came from the candle, which held strong. It hardly flickered. I disrobed first, down to my underwear, which I wanted to keep on a little longer, as it was still so cold in this room. I tried to make out where, what the oil said, but it was too dark to see, so I grabbed the candle and brought it over to the dresser. There were three options. Twilight Sage, Burnt Rose, and Drowned Ginger. And that uh, gives a conclude to my introduction of Candlelit Nights.
a very strong start to a writing exercise. Um, I found it very, it wasn't what I was expecting when we kind of set aside like this project. I don't know what I was expecting, but like when I started reading it, I was like, oh, this is like a very interesting concept. I am. Yeah. What were your first impressions when you read it, Julie? Yeah. I, the first thing that I noticed was how the perspective was very interesting, how you kind of went between telling the story and then kind of interjections of maybe like a future version of this person. So that was really interesting to me, that style. That was the first thing that stuck out to me. And I also really enjoyed um, like the way you described everything, like having the nice calm parts, but then like these monstrous trees. So I think the words that you use kind of painted such a good picture of it being like kind of in a creepy area, but it's still kind of pleasant. So yeah, I, I like those descriptions as well. I think that really added to it. Yeah, so I, a little background, I guess, to my original intentions for this. Um, I had originally intended to actually do more of the story, and I wasn't going to just end it so like abruptly right there. I actually wrote this whole piece while sitting in a booth at a bar while people were viewing my house, so I had to leave the house for a while. <laughs> so... I just like went and I sat down and I just like started writing it, I guess. And I wanted to kind of take this opportunity to practice some different writing styles that if I'm working on a larger piece, doesn't really offer that opportunity because you kind of want to, you want to commit once you start to something, you want to stick with what you've started with. So I thought doing a shorter piece would be a good chance to try something different. Like you said, focusing on that kind of future perspective, the guy talking to the reader, like he kind of steps outside of the book for a second and says like, you reading this, I'm talking to you now, which I've never done any writing projects like that. And I don't know if you guys have. Definitely have not, but I tried to keep the similar style for my portion of it. It was also an experience for me trying to, you know, use a different style than I usually do. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I thought it, it was kind of fun writing in that method, but I don't know, like, did you find it, like, challenging to do it, or was it, like... I think, like, you just have to, like, get into it. So, like, I feel like I would always start, whenever I, like, worked on it, I would start with yours to get, like, in, you know what I mean, into the style, and then I'd be like, okay. And then I think once I was, like, in the mindset and, like, in the groove of writing it in that style, I did kind of feel like, oh, I could add this here. Like, this would be a good thing for him to comment on in the future. So, yeah, I think maybe initially, but once you kind of get going, I felt like it was – I felt like I got into it and I could write in that style. Not too bad. And I, I don't think we need to, like, labor too much on, like, the thoughts on this introduction thing. Like, is there any kind of, like, specifics during that story, some things that maybe that, like, jumped out to you that you wanted to bring into – your story segments? Oh, I can go, I can speak on that a little bit because for me, listening to it again, I'm like, yeah, obviously like, I didn't pay so much attention to like the stylistic choice. I was more listening to like the specific elements that are kind of being commented on. So like, you talk about like how he has, as he's entering the building, the facade and the environment lull him to a false sense of security despite everything that's going to happen in the future. So I'm like, okay, so that's like a constraint that's been presented that I'm going to have to keep in mind for the future. The idea of like someone coming to a massage parlor for like a ache that's been ailing them, I was like, okay, what, I, what can we work that into and whatnot? So the stylistic choices, listening to it now, I'm like appreciating it more. But what I immediately caught on was like, okay, what am I going to need to retain to make a narrative that is cohesive to the start of the story? yet still 
speaks to like what I would find interesting. So when we get to my piece eventually, I did not like keep the same narration style. Like you guys have commented on how there's no like direct dialogue. Not to give too much away too soon, but my piece has um, some jumping back and forth between different times, and there's a lot of dialogue between different characters. So it very much like almost immediately like gets rid of that stylistic choice where like. I'm trying to develop characters through their different manners of speaking to each other. But uh, when we're in the present time, I'm like, okay, this is what is being harkened back to in the previous part. So I was more like picking up on specific elements. I was like, I got to make sure this gets tied into. It's not like a like a hanging chad that needs to be explained later or whatnot. So that was the other kind of thing that I tried to really work on with this piece was the lack of like direct dialogue like you know that conversation is happening because it's like kind of thrown into the paragraphs but it really is just thrown in the paragraphs it's more of like a this was the gist of what was said and it's not really a direct quote and that's a that's a weakness that i have for sure when i'm writing i hate writing dialogue sometimes it flows really well and depends on the conversation but sometimes it's just like it feels a little clunky when i'm doing it and i think i spend a lot of time just thinking about like trying to personify the two different characters that are talking and make them their own person. But then it's being told through my voice. So you get that kind of like yeah. bias almost. It's hard to do. So I was like, you know what? Let's see if rather than developing and growing, I can just ignore it and try a whole different. I language. wouldn't say it's like ignoring it. It's a very like, di- like what you did here was a very intentional, like silent choice that I think is like very interesting. I, I'm very interested to see what Julie does with it. Because I didn't do it, and like I will say, like having recently, I'm I've been working on it. I started working on it. I had the idea for like a, since like last week, but I didn't actually get a chance to like sit down and write a good portion of it until like yesterday when I got back from work, and then today when I was like at work, you just need that chunk. You just need that time to. <laughs> yeah, it was like I like I'm not the fastest writer, but I got like seven pages done in like a short amount of time. I was like, because like seven pages, how long? Oh my god. I uh, it's and it's not done, Julie. I the now I'm the long writer, you know. <laughs> That's because we're doing a short story and we're dipping into your domain. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it was um but like having gone through all the dialogue, like if I picked up on that, I think I could have saved myself a lot of time because a lot of the story is like me being like, Okay, how do I have this person talk or whatever? Like what like I don't even know if I did a good job at it, but like I do try to make it so like the different characters have some slight like different mannerisms in the way that they speak to each other to kind of differentiate themselves. The idea of like saying, you know what the general outlines of the conversation are. That's all that's important. The specific words aren't what we're focusing on. That could have been a very cool exercise to include in this. So that's actually interesting that you say that because I feel like I'm actually the opposite and I love dialogue and I have a lot of dialogue in like the books and stuff that I write. So, and one thing that I want to work on is, putting in more descriptions and describing like the scenes and things that are going on like around the characters. So I use this story as an opportunity to specifically keep the no dialogue thing like we were saying and and like make sure I was describing things and like try to put in more like that kind of stuff because that's something I don't always do. So yeah, I think that's that's interesting that you said that you uh don't like dialogue. <laughs> Like, I guess that's true. And I think it's an important part of any story to have the dialogue, right? Because anything that has multiple characters, it's not like it's not there. It's just not explicitly told. Like, you still have the characters talking to each other. The other parts, though, like the parts where I am describing, I think that is much more my writing style. So 
those parts where you're like kind of seeing him travel and you're seeing the contrast as he's like, you know, viewing the massage parlor. I would say that is pretty kind of, that feels kind of core to the type of writing that I do. So I don't know, criticize me. Is it okay? Like, I think it's good. I like it a lot. I did have some questions because like some of the choices you made, I was like, where did this come from? Like when the character was like, I'm on my way to a massage parlor. And I was like, I think for me, it was like just a little surprising. I was like, for the idea of like, not necessarily a horror themed project, but like it has like some more like sinister undertones. Like there's something definitely menacing. But ominous is a very strong word for it. The idea of like having it be set in like a massage parlor, I was like, that's very interesting. So I was wondering like where you got the inspiration to choose oh, that as your so setting. So fucked up. Um, my fiance was literally, we have like a massage table and my fiance was giving me a massage. And while I was getting the massage, I had the idea for this, which I think all of our genres of this story turn into something completely different. Just like oh, you told me yours, and it was like a mouthful earlier, Steve. But go ahead and say your genre again. Oh, well, so it's not a genre. It's just like the, so without getting too spoiler into it, like mine becomes like a, an anti-capitalist agitprop extolling the virtues of uh, solidarity to the end. And Julie, without even touching on what Steve just said there, what is your genre that you, you were going to get into? Solid fantasy. Yeah, this, this is totally <laughs> what I expected, honestly. So, so mine is going to continue as a horror. That'd be interesting to see how they all turn out. Yeah, that so is- I, I did tell my fiance that I had this idea, and I don't think she was overly <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think the only other thing I kind of wanted to like talk on with mine is I wrote it you know, with the intention of you guys kind of trying to take it in some direction. So I wanted to leave openings and stuff of things that you can take. I think you mentioned, Steve, and did you actually like, I say that he has this like, basically like this ceaseless pain in his back. Do you, do you t- like you talk about that? Like a bait, I guess. And I was like, let's see if they do something with this. Like what's causing the pain? It's things that like my story is so close to done on his first draft. I'm sure like reading it, it's going to be like, you know, you can't read it because there's so many errors in it. But the draft is so close to done. I'm in like the climax right now. I wish, I mean, I, I'm, we're going to get through it really soon. Yeah. Actually, this is very unedited, yeah. this piece right here. And I, I was able to read it. So I'm a little impressed with myself. I don't know. Julie, you want to get into it? Yeah. I just like, I feel like you guys are talking about all these elements that you wanted us to include, Kate, as we continued. I did not pick up on a lot of those. Like you said that like the, you know, they were in pain. Yeah, I did not. Like, I feel like I didn't use a oh, lot that's of all right. So the big thing, and that was basically like what I said, like, here's where you're going to go. Like, this is really the one thing that I think that we should do with the story is I included the three different names of the, the oil. So you have Twilight Sage, Burnt Rose, and Drowned Ginger. And those are the scents of these oils that are on the table. As I was going to say, each of us pick one of those oils and that will push the story. And, you know, meaningless. It's just a name of an oil. So you can do whatever you want. That. yeah real quick where did you get the oh, names I from i was just like fucking thinking <laughs> sitting looking at this menu eating my philly cheesecake that I yeah it, it is all very much like description like herb kind of thing yeah yeah <laughs> looking at the menu <laughs> yeah it's like delicious rib <laughs> like I, i'll i'll write the story about that one I think like, like <laughs> we had like a like an orange ginger like massage oil that way you have at the house. Yeah, you gotta get a little so. ginger one yeah. in there, and then you know all the ones that sound good, like a burnt rose. You can kind of picture the imagery of it. It's got the vibe, you know, pretty but dark. I don't know. I don't have anything else, Julie. You ready? This is just like the ideas. Like I feel like there's a lot that I would do to it. That's fine. But these are like the I, you get the general idea. 
I'm ready. Ready? Mm -hmm. Now, it may have been my imagination, but the small flame seemed to grow in brightness as I waved it in front of the twilight sage oil. Curious, I moved it away towards the others and back again with the same effect. Twilight sage it was. I mean, who am I to go against the forces that may be here? I moved the small vial to the dresser as instructed and replaced the candle to its original spot. Just as I finished disrobing and arranging myself on the massage table, the woman entered the room once more. She did not say anything, but I recognized her shoes in the dim light from the hallway as she opened the door. When the door closed once more, a chill ran through the air, penetrating through the silk blanket to my skin. I really could not figure out why someone would keep a massage parlor so cold in the first place, but I digress. It was still extremely dark, but I could see the edges of the candle's light dancing on the floor below me. The woman was so quiet, I could not even hear her walking around the room, but I knew she was there. Then the smell of sage filled the room, almost overpoweringly so, and the room lit up. Startled, I lifted my head up just enough to see what the woman was doing. She stood before the candle, pouring some oil into the flame as well as onto her hands. You may be asking yourself, pouring oil into a flame? Well, that would just extinguish the flame. Well, those were my thoughts too. But somehow, the flame only grew stronger and larger as I watched the scene. It let out an odd greenish smoke as well, which smelled of sage, but not the smoke itself. Just as the woman turned to notice I was looking at her, the flame suddenly disappeared. Here's where I began to wonder if I'd make a made a mistake in coming here. Had I stumbled upon some kind of witch's lair? No, no, this was reality and not a fairy tale. Surely there had to be a method to this madness, right? The sound of the water from downstairs came to my attention next. It was somehow louder than before, but was soon overtaken by the humming from the speakers. The woman spoke to me again, but I could not understand her words. It was as though she was speaking in some other language. I moved back to lie face down on the table, and I could feel her hands on my back. The smell of sage was so strong, it was all I could concentrate on, though. Just as I began to wonder how she would give me a massage in complete darkness, the candlelight returned. It cast a strange creature that danced and played across the floor below me. Smoke trailed behind this creature, outlining its dance perfectly. The knot in my back was gone. Huh? When did that happen? In fact, I felt completely weightless as I watched this small creature. It glided through the air, waving its tail as though it wanted my attention. And when it flew up out of my view, I instinctively moved my head to follow its movement, completely forgetting I was not supposed to move. The next moment, I found myself looking at my own body from the outside, the small creature now circling playfully around my head. When I tell you I was shocked by the scene before me, I mean that in the strongest sense of the word. If not for my tiny friends swirling around me, I probably would have freaked out more. Somehow, the little fellow gave me a sense of purpose in this situation. I mean, it did seem to want something from me. It soon moved away from me towards the door across the room. Despite how dark it still was, I could now see perfectly fine. The oddities were really adding up now. Well, I guess there was nothing left to do but follow my little friend. Sometimes you just have to go with it. I felt strange to leave my body behind, but it was in good hands, quite literally. 
And so this was how I found myself, heading into the dying forest in the middle of the night following a strange creature. Surely you think I've lost my mind. And I agree completely. But this is what happened, I swear. Uh, the moon shone down on us as we glided through the forest, making it much less intimidating. I felt as though I had made another friend in that moonlight as it guided our path. Walking around was more like gliding in this odd out-of-body form I found myself in. I easily kept up with the creature as it wove through the air in front of me. I was more watching it move than the actual path we walked because, well, the forest was eerie. In the dim lighting, the bare branches twisted and bent every which way, making them look like menacing giants. The sides of the path were lined with thorned bushes and dying flowers. A howl shot through the air, followed by a snarl from some unseen place. My nerves became more and more shot with each new noise ringing through the air. How could this get any worse? But the little creature seemed unimpressed with anything going on around it. It simply kept gliding at the level of my head forward, deeper and deeper into the forest. At least one of us was confident. The further we went, the more creatures I began to catch glimpses of through the trees, wolves especially. They never seemed to notice me, though, just walked by with, without any care in the world. At one point, I decided to get closer to one of the wolves. I know, not the smartest move, but I wanted to know what was going on here. How did they not notice me? Were they in a trance or something? There was one particularly large wolf near me, almost completely camouflaged by the darkness of night. That was, except for its glowing yellow eyes, staring towards me. They were not looking at me, though, more like through me. I moved a step to the side, but its eyes did not follow me. To test my theory, I reached out to touch his fur, only to have my fingers pass right through it. Well, it was nice knowing everyone. Looks like I'm dead and this is my ghost. This night was so mind-boggling already that I was not even shocked by this revelation. It just seemed par for the course at this point. My creature friend flew into my vision, then flipping around in the air as though it were upset. I turned my attention towards it. It calmed and came to perch on my shoulder. The fact that I could not touch the wolf, but was solid enough for this creature to perch on, was curious. It did come out of smoke, though. I gave it no more thought than that. We were on a mission, and it seemed that this creature did not want to waste any more time. The forest seemed to stretch ahead of us endlessly, each tree more menacing than the last, with vines and thorns now crossing the path I walked. My floating friend urged me forward, no matter how terrifying the path that lie ahead became. With the moon high in the sky above us, we soon reached what I imagined was the center of the forest. My tiny friend pushed off my shoulder and flew towards a large tree, which appeared more alive than the others. This tree had a few leaves, uh, but its branches were mostly covered in dark green closed flower buds. There was a hole in the tree, about the size of coconut, at the height of my shoulders. My flying friend hovered in the air near this hole, flipping in little circles while it waited for me to come see. I proceeded forward and peered into the hole cautiously, unsure what to expect. Inside, there were several rocks packed together, making it impossible to see what was inside. Not thinking much of it, I pulled one of the rocks out, which caused the others to tumble to the ground as well. The moment the blockage was cleared, two creatures looking remarkably like the first shot out of the entrance, whizzing past my head. I stumbled backwards, almost falling at the surprise. The trio of creatures now circled one another, flying excitedly together. Up and around the tree they came from. 
They see they soon moved to fly around me, playfully nudging my arm and landing on my head or shoulders. I had to laugh at the scene. Somehow, despite not knowing what these creatures were, I was happy to have helped them in this small way. After another moment of excitement for, from my new friends, they all convened in front of my face. They spun around and fluttered before me, then all shot up together into the sky. I watched them go, and they soon seemed to disappear into the moonlight that now cast over the tree next to me. With the moonlight upon it, the small buds of the tree slowly unfolded into breathtaking red and pink flowers. A smile crept across my face, but suddenly the scene before me disappeared. I was back at the massage parlor lying on the table. I sat up quickly, now thoroughly confused by what was going on. I hope you found your service satisfactory today, sir, the woman from before said, smiling at me. I stared at her for a long moment before I managed to nod. With that, she left the room. I numbly dressed myself as what happened ran through my mind. What a strange dream that was. I love it. It is a nice, uh, like a nice part from uh, where we started. It's a cool yeah. uh, twist on it. I like it. It's got like it's so it gets so lighthearted, and I love that the end of it is the only like quoted dialogue. Yeah, I tried to make it have a little happy ending, even though it was like creepy at the beginning. I guess. Yeah, I think you get like that that kind of ominous kind of vibe still as he's going through the forest, but it definitely has a bit more of a a lighthearted spin because it's just like you see little creatures. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, it's a little flying squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was very, like, the scene where he, like, pulls out the rocks and, like, two, like, more creatures come out. In my mind, like, I don't know why this is, like, what popped in my head, but there's, like, a few episodes of Curves of Cowley Dog that are very reminiscent of that. Like, the episode of, like, the giant space squid where he, like, Courage helps the family reunite or, like, Kitty and Bunny, they reunite because Courage. The idea of, like, a bystander just coming across and helping a situation that would have been like dire about them is always just like a nice heartwarming thing. So it was, it was very lovely. I love that part. I, I pictured your piece and I feel like, you know, you always kind of create that like visual imagery in your head. Yours for some reason became very animated to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. almost an anime and I'm picturing this little like spectral blue. Is it a squirrel? Did you say what the, the little creature was? I didn't actually say I just called it a creature. So it's kind of up to the reader's imagination. I personally picture them as little dragons, but oh, um, okay. But you could—it's up to the. Man, I pictured like a mouse. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, like you know, like whatever in your heart, like in deer is a creature to you, like yeah. the most is like what kind of like what you conjure, you know. Mm-hmm. You saying like it was animated, kind of like I'm like, oh okay, I can see like little like like Studio Ghibli like uh, yeah. vibes from it or something like that, you know. I also really liked yeah. how the main character did not give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, he was always like, I guess I'm dead, dude. Damn. They got me. That easy, huh? <laughs> His attitude was very like, I mean, there's nothing I can do right now. So yeah. let's just. Uh, so so my on, interpretation of it is because, you know, the whole story is about him getting a massage. Is that because he's so relaxed that even like death is not phasing? Yeah. Fair, I like that. Fair. I don't know. That's how I was reading. I was like, she's got, she's got the essence of massage captured. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was that. It was like that, and implying that like the oil is like almost like almost like a hallucination, maybe kind okay. of thing. Yeah, like maybe there was like some kind of weird substance in the oil. You know what I mean? Like something like that too. Yeah, tying back to uh, the initial, like what part of Cade's initial introduction kind of drew you into this direction? Like, what gave you the inspiration? Like. 
see like the violence let's say twilight sage we're doing ghost fairyland creatures that are going to like guide this guy through a spirit journey i really liked i wanted to stick with like the there was a lot of like nature like i feel like we were just Kay described a lot of like nature between the forest and like the the trees and like whatever and so i thought that i wanted to like tie back into like the nature i was like why would you make a forest if not to go into the forest i mean come on so i was like i gotta take somehow the characters gotta get into the forest and we're gonna do something in the forest because i feel like that was like a big part of the descriptions in the original introduction i see that makes sense okay but i was like i don't want him to just leave like i don't want him to get a massage and then just like leave you know what i mean like then it just take this him physically just going into the forest so i was like what else can i do to get this character like, like out it. of okay. the parlor without him just being like bye <laughs> yeah so in your mind this is like the same forest but seen through like a different lens maybe at a different time point but it's like the same trees but like not exactly yeah, because I mean, like, you're describing, he described the forest, like, from the road and, like, driving. Yeah. Up. So I guess, like, yeah, like, it's initially described as, like, giant trees that are, like, you know, creepy and monstrous, which is the original description similar to it. But then I was like, okay, well, now that we're in the center of the forest, what's different about the center of the forest? Like, there's got to be something there. Like, what else can we have in this forest that'll, like, you know, make it more interesting. I feel like I, I love that you were like, here's a forest. I'm going to take this and do this with it. Whereas for me, I'm like, here's this creepy forest. But what I'm using it for, like, and what my story will be using it for is isolation. You know, it's oh, not nice. necessarily yeah. the fun of exploring the forest. It's the, that's a big forest and you're stuck here kind of thing. Fair. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't think that like the character really enjoys the forest because I do say how he's like, you know, kind of mm. nervous about it. And he's just like following this creature who seems like it knows where it's going. Right. So yeah, but I think I, yeah, I think at the end though, the forest is more like not as bad because it's more like lit up and there's you know the tree has flowers on it now. So yeah, I think it transitions from being like really creepy, like I don't want to be here, to like oh this is actually not that bad. So this may be a bit of a stretch, but in your story, in your mind, does that blockage in the tree represent the knot in his back? And when that's cleared, his pain is relieved from his physical body? Totally. Nice. <laughs> that sounds... We got some parallels there, Julie. There we go. I like it. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, not initially, but since you said it and it makes total sense, I'm going <laughs> to go with that. <laughs> there you go. But no, I just needed something that the creature couldn't have done by himself that he needed a person to be with him. No, and I think it's very cute, yeah. That's a very good, like, narrative device. I like it. But I like your thing, <laughs> yeah. So it yeah. represents the not, yes. I like that much better. <laughs> well, maybe it could have been a thing even, like, I'm, I'm, this is all headcanon stuff. Don't be like, oh, yeah. But, like, maybe it could have been the thing, the reason he got the knot is because, like, he was being drawn to this place to help out this creature, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. You're getting into like a whole, like, you know, was this real or was it not? Did the spiritual journey actually happen yeah, or was it yeah, the healing process? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I had, I had fun writing it. I, like I said, I tried to like do more descriptions and stuff instead of dialogue, but I definitely would add more to the descriptions. Like, I think if I were to edit it, I would probably try and like make the forest scenes like maybe seem more creepy like just add more to it like it could have been long it's not very long Absolutely. you get some like metaphorical descriptions of the forest too at some points in it which 
I mean, I really have to do much more reading of your material, Julie. Um, but I know you said now that you want to kind of work on those descriptions a little bit more. So I kind of see how you were trying to like, you know, I guess like flex that writing muscle a little bit. And I guess forests are kind of a, a pretty, almost an easier one to do because you can get pretty descriptive with the language with them. Yeah. And there's so much that you could describe. Yeah. Like there's so many things that you could be talking yeah, about. What's your least favorite things to describe? Yeah, probably like towns towns like i just don't know what to say about them like there's buildings they're made out of bricks i've seen like, a town before it's like that yeah the market i don't know i hate rooms i think rooms are like yeah rooms. Terrible. yeah that's yeah fair any kind of building yeah any kind of like structure that's really why i just turned all the lights off upstairs in the massage parlor <laughs> well, I can't see shit. Yeah. Yeah. neither can you make sense brilliant if there was a room to describe, I would do it adequately, but it's too dark, reader. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about you, Steve? What do you not like to, to describe? In terms of describing stuff, I never, like, that's never been something I'm like, oh, I don't know how to, like. Sometimes it takes me a little, because, like, like I've said before, like, a lot of times, like, I already have, like, a lot of the scenery pictured in my head. So if I feel like it's important to describe something, I'll describe it with, like, what's sticking out in my head. Interesting note. For this story that, um, the short story that I wrote for this exercise, I don't actually do that much describing. There's, it's all just pretty much dialogue and character <laughs> relation stuff, so. That's great. <laughs> Wait, well, I wanted to see, like, what, what changes, what kind of edits would you guys make to this story? How could we make it better? What do you think would make it better? I think it's short right now. If you spend more time, like, Maybe if, like, for example, the wolf that, like, he stares, mm -hmm. if it was, like, or maybe not even that wolf, but, like, if there was, like, a wolf that was, like, somewhat, like, an obstacle, and, like, okay. it doesn't have to be, like, a serious thing where it's, like, oh, life or death or whatever, but if it added, like, some sort of tension to, like, the journey through this dark night, this dark forest, I think something like that where it's, like, a spirit wolf is, like, a powerful thing to hearken to, so that would have been cool to have been like, oh, this wolf was like staring through me, and, and but like it lunged at me, but the spirit creature kind of distracted it, so like maybe like you think it's going to sacrifice itself, but then it, like it survives, and then like it reunites with his friends, or something like, I don't know something along those lines. Yeah, 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 no, that would definitely have been interesting for sure. Yeah, maybe like like in terms of that description, like when he first leaves his body, and he like kind of sees his body laying there, you did a couple things. I like, yeah, it still didn't really know the directions that you were taking it on. And at one point, you were talking about um, he really heard the water like going downstairs. And I was like, I thought you picked okay, the drowned yeah, sure. option, like the drowned ginger one or whatever. At first, I was like, oh, uh, is this how she's going to drown? And I didn't even think about that. She could like use that water. Uh, how fun. But that's not what I meant. That would have been a good one. Some description like you could do is like him like kind of looking at his body that's laying on the table. Almost like a bit more because that's such like a weird fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, so that's guess, true. Like, yeah, for sure. Maybe he tries to like swim down to his body, but he's floating <laughs> away. You know? Oh yeah, could have done it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, I think there's just kind of like segments, especially because like very quickly this turns into this kind of almost like it's weird, but it's not actually like that strange from reality's perspective. Really, all that's yeah, happened right. so far in the story is this guy has gone to a place of business and sat down in a room. You know what I mean? So once he goes into yeah, that kind sure. of like other kind of zone, like, I mean, what else changes? You know what I mean? Like, is there any other changes or what is he kind of 
I think it gives a lot of opportunity where you can kind of get as descriptive as you want with something to strengthen that ability, I guess. Yeah, I mostly wrote like I feel like the the bones, as Ryan puts it, of uh, <laughs> the story in this. But yeah, the, I would definitely if we were editing it and stuff, I would yeah, I would add a lot more description. But that's what first draft sure. is for. You know? I really was a big fan of kind of seeing uh you know seeing it develop. And I was like, oh, like, look, I wrote this and it turned into this. How fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'll be interesting yeah, to see what everybody does with the same intro. That'll I know we should like, you know, to get some viewer engagement. Um, get like a, <laughs> Tell a, us your story. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I like yeah. that. <laughs> All right. Find Kate's introduction. We're not posting it. But then afterwards, make your own short story based off of it. Send it There's in. A subreddit called Writing Prompts. Maybe we should like uh, try to promote our podcast. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. You should make it a. Oh, that's a good idea. We type it in like Writing Prompt. You just listened to the last episode of the Write Around podcast, and you thought what? <laughs> and go. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. That's a good idea, though. We should get more people to. Very cool. I like that idea. All right, so next time on the Write Around podcast, we are going to be continuing this write around. We're going to have a reading of Steve's story and a reading of Kate's story, do some discussion, and it'll be interesting to see how they all compare. So stay tuned for that, and we will see you next time.